The Football Show on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. This is News Talk. I'm prepared to do anything I can well, to do play it my then. country again. Do it then. What about your start to the game? I was, it wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> Why should an honest answer be a mistake? How can a modern day manager not have a mobile phone? Why should he? Oh. Now you're up long. Football show is coming at you, so we are reflecting on last night at the Aviva Stadium. France won, Republic of Ireland nil. Netherlands were 3 0 winners against Gibraltar. So Group B, early doors of course, but Group B is France, two from two, they're on six points. Uh, Greece beat Gibraltar as well, so they're three points from one. Netherlands beat Gibraltar, they are three points from two. And Ireland, one game, one defeat is where we are on. Nil Poix alongside uh, Gibraltar who've played those two games thus far we have plenty to get into Gavin Cooney the 42 is with us hello again how are you and Vinnie Perth here in studio hello how are you Joe oh good so uh, like I said much to discuss the Irish approach I'd be curious for your thoughts on because this was a more pragmatic Stephen Kenny outlook Bizzuno and goal we had Collins Egan and O'Shea we had Coleman and Doherty as the wing backs it was a midfield uh, let's call it a four of Malumbi and Cullen with Ogbene over on the right hand side as opposed to partnering Evan Ferguson in any meaningful way and Jason Knight more so on the left hand side and Ferguson through the middle and I would put it to you Vinny it looked like a very well drilled team defensively they all had a very good sense of what they were trying to do and even as the French picture changed at times and in the stadium you can really see it change at times yes. They had a good understanding of where they should be and what they were about. And there was a lot of hard work in there as well. So I'm curious if you felt that Stephen Kenny got the set up at least. Correct. Yeah, I think um, the, tactically, I thought we were we were excellent, um, really did. And it wasn't an over overly shocked by that. So for, for a small bit of context, you've got to remember Stephen went to Denmark and France in the World Cup. And that is the last team who played the back three against Ireland so the only slight difference was Denmark played with uh, need to be careful how he explained these things but um, similar shape but he played two number 10s or a box in midfield so we've done something similar with uh, uh, um, Chidozi on the right and Knight uh, slightly off the left um, so for that reason and I, I remember speaking about that game and how we learned a lot from that and how Denmark really were very good on the day so tactically uh, that's how I thought he'd set up and that's why I had an inkling or my brain was saying he might try small bone in there as well as one of the two tens so you could see that sort of that running power but to be fair Chidozi worked really well and again even going back to the World Cup final which sounds crazy if you look how much damage Argentina done in behind Mbappe because you've probably seen it with anyone that was at the stadium he plays high on the left and st- and stands there literally so in behind him Hernandez is vulnerable to 1v1 situations and we exploited that so tactically I think it's 10 out of 10 for the team and, and the staff and he got at them you would have liked him to see a few more chances created on the, on the back of that but tactically we, we, we sort of really did nullify a lot of the French attacks and um, Coleman's management of Mbappe for example was really good so tactically yeah really good performance Overall impressions Gaff? Would agree with that, yeah. I thought Ireland's setup was really good because when you read Stephen Kenny's comments before the match and you're hearing stuff about this is not the chance, this is not the time to take a step back, you're wondering, well, what kind of freewheeling open football are we are we going to see at the Aviva and how many goals will, will France score as a result? But Ireland were extremely disciplined, you know, like 
So Mbappe didn't have a shot on target, but in one way he completely dominated the game because everything Ireland did was set up to, in Kenny's words, counter the counterattack. So they did curb their attacking instincts. I think that there were times when Ireland could have played like a through ball. I remember one time in the first half, Nathan Collins set off and ran in behind the left back. But like Bennett never even looked at him. He was like, I'm going backwards here because they were afraid of getting cut open. I think that's canny. I think that's pretty good. Ireland didn't set up just to defend. I think there was obviously like clear patterns of counter-attack. It reminded me actually the game away to Portugal back in in 2021 so they back then they had Connolly running at the space that was left by Cancelo last night they had Ogbena running at the space left by Hernandez the criticism is probably in the first half especially Ireland didn't use the ball as well as they could definitely counter-attacking wise they didn't have enough down the left I thought we'll probably get into it in a little bit more depth but I remember Kenny talking after the game against Latvia on when, last Wednesday of what Odauda can bring and how important his pace is. We need pace in the team and that's, you know, he, 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 uh, he praised Odauda as rapid. So I thought he was missed a little bit because there were times when Ireland actually played out, uh, played out of kind of a French press there pretty well. You know, like O'Shea would pop it into Knight, Knight would drop off and spin these lovely, um, like te- technical-wise, really high-quality balls out to the right. Just Doherty didn't have that, you know, explosive of acceleration to take himself beyond whoever was covering what he did it once and got 2v2 he got uh, up against Kanate and Ferguson was free into his right and then Kanate came across and intercepted it really well so Ireland could maybe have exploited that a little bit better but look I mean they had to be perfect if they're going to get something out of the game they were very very good but sadly they weren't perfect Let's uh, hear from Stephen Kenny so this is his overall impression last night on the Irish performance I think um you know, I do think France are the best team in the world, in my, you know, in my opinion overall. And um, you know, they lost the, the World Cup on penalties. But um, for us to for us to win a game against the best, you know, a team of that magnitude, we have to create a game a few chances. You know, we have to we have to carry as much of a threat as we can ourselves, but we have to create, and and that doesn't mean by just defending. That means by trying to control aspects of the game in the manner that we can, and having a cutting edge in our play to create chances. We, we would have liked more of a cutting edge in our attack and play in the first half than we had, but um, that's a t- that's not easy. I I have watched, I have watched, we've watched France's last twenty games. We've never seen we've never seen Killian Mbappe, who I voted for as, as the best player in the world, have such a quiet night. I've never seen it. Never seen it. So, uh, well, on that point on Irish possession, I'm sure it was very apparent on the television as well. I haven't watched the game back on TV, but in the stadium, the most threatening France felt was any time we had possession anywhere in their half. Mm. Every corner was an exercise in holding your breath and praying that the clearance did not fall to French feet because there were numerous times and there were a couple of last ditch uh, really good tackles but there were times where they did start a counter and it looked really ominous. I can't overstate the air of threat that hung over any period in the game where Ireland had bodies forward ahead of the ball. It's just Mbappe. Like he's he's an existential threat rather than just a threat. Yeah. Like I mean you ju- you just know if you're open that ball goes behind you you're gone. Yeah. You're dead. So I am very accepting of the reticence of Ireland to build up and in a sustained way against France on the ball. Yes, you'd like to see more of it, but I mean, you're talking about the most devastating counter-attacking team in world football. 
Yeah, and this is where this is where the difficulty is. Um, it depends on your view of last night's game. Is is the glass half full or is it half empty? Because ultimately, as, as some people have said today, we've lost the game of football, and the only real threat on their goal was set pieces. So, you know, there's, there's previous managers being vilified for similar situations and if we're going to get out of this group in any way shape or form we're going to have to have a big result against somebody and I felt at the game that France were at their very best or anywhere near it and it was an opportunity and I think um, we lacked a couple of forward passes there was one time just after the start of the second half where a ball came into Josh Cullen and Evan Ferguson between two centre half is pointing put me in Mm. and Cullen just went straight back and that pragmatism in the game is it's frustrating. I, I, I remember like and then I had to look around and because again you're trying to I was trying to be careful a little bit why I don't know, but I was like I, I sort of banged my hands against me hands and sort of went, Oh, make the forward pass. So it there was frustrations like that. But again, I, you're looking at it going, We're playing against the best team in the world. So it is that fine balance. But you've got to take a risk sometimes and risk and reward and it's finding that really that that balance. And ultimately I think we haven't created enough chances mm. for the home side. And that would be part of some people's criticism of the performance last night. So it, it is is a half full or half empty on, on, on that performance. Which side do you come down on? Um, I, I, I'm probably right slam on the fence on it you know I understand why he went the way he went um, again I, I'll use one small example I remember very clearly watching um, France tactically in the World Cup and being blown away with them I remember Maddie Cash for Poland had a brilliant performance but he, um, and Mbappe didn't track him at right back he puts a ball into the box it's not the most perfect ball. It's cut out, and within ten seconds, France have scored with Mbappe in behind Maddie Cash, cheating. So that's 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 football at the very highest level, and that's where you see Coleman didn't didn't offer any sort of attacking threat as a right wing back, and when you do that, you're probably going to struggle to win a game or have a big night. My sense in the stadium was I was quite happy for Seamus Coleman not to offer an attacking threat Oh I think so I think he did really well against him and look he couldn't go galloping forward because you just get picked off I mean I'm always amazed at the trick that Deshaun pulls because he's got the the most talented squad in international football stacked full of egos stacked full of guys who are the most important players uh, in clubs in the Champions League and he manages to play in the counter-attack like I mean they only they averaged I think it's a 51% possession of the World Cup like 12 teams average more than them like they're, they're not that interested in having the ball he manages to play in the counter all the time so that was the game the plan that Ireland were set up to counter we'll go back to countering the counter attack say I thought they did really well you could say maybe you know the triple sub actually worked very well for Stephen Kenny because there was a there was a between about 60 minutes and about 75 I thought France kind of took over they kept the ball really well Ireland looked tired and couldn't really get near France that triple sub worked well Alan Brown coming on at right wing back and then Ireland pushed on and created chances yeah. maybe you could say you know that could come earlier in the game but like I think you have to be cognizant of what you're dealing with and like you know it is Champions League against Championship if you look coldly uh, at where the players play play their club football so it's always about managing that risk and I, I do remember that Evan Ferguson chance like if that ball goes through you know there were people around, around us in the press box in the crowd quite um, uh, angsty and frustrated about instances like that and sometimes maybe Ireland did pick the safe pass to go backwards 
but it's all about you know managing risk etc and uh, and ultimately look if if Mania doesn't make a ridiculous save you know we're sitting here with a one old row yeah, talking about how we got it right and, and that's the fine margin that's why I use the Coleman as a good example I, I take your point stand in behind Mbappe for the night but then you're taking particularly if you're going to play wing backs on that 3-4-2 system you're taking what is the biggest threat in that system is your your wing backs you're taking one of them out of it it is a big blow to your attacking threat if you're going to do do that so it is it's it's a fine balance isn't it like very but fine. you were comfortable with it as a supporter watching yeah I was and even I mean I I, I, I genuinely I don't watch the game as a supporter mm. I'm really just uh, watching it through the prism of this job at this stage and I can't overstate the extent to which Mbappe felt like a humongous threat at all times and I would have said France were very poor last night by their standards it was a pedestrian France it was a France who felt they were always going to win the game it was a France who had been very much focused on Friday night and they were just uh, at times going through the motions and still there were little flourishes from Mbappe which just let everybody know he's on a completely different level to everybody in this pitch and even those times where I I was saying France were at the beginning of her counter attack and he would come alive and he would start moving. I, again, I didn't watch it on TV, so I don't know to what extent he was in the picture. But I guarantee you that's where everybody in the stadium was looking because he would start making his move and he was doing it a damn sight faster than Coleman or Collins or wherever was near him. And I thought, like, this guy just needs a half a sniff and he didn't get one. So, yes, I'm OK with that because and on the point about game management and going for it a bit earlier, my sense was, and the changes were on 77 minutes where uh, Darty came off and McLean went on and then Jason, or, yeah, Jason Knight came off and Mikey Johnston went yeah. on and Darrow Shea came off, Brown went to right wing back and Coleman went in as one of the centre backs. And uh, then when Malumbi uh, came off, it was Brown into midfield, Obafemi is right wing back. Let's discuss, was that aggressive enough? I would put it to you that one all is still an amazing result for Ireland. And if you can see two, we are not scoring two mm. and we're certainly not scoring three. So I think there's an argument that he, he, he pushed the envelope in so much as he could. Ireland got very on top with those moves and they had really good chances. There was, of course, the Collins one, which is a miracle save. There was a brown volley which goes across the goal and could have went in. There was the Ida, brilliant run, brilliant run. I mean, he was, he was we'll compare him and Ferguson in a moment. Brilliant run, the chance for McLean. It's a three quarters yeah, chance. Yeah. I think to be fair to the manager there, you can say, well, I laid the foundations of this performance. We didn't concede in the first 20. We were very stable by half time, and we had chances laid on. They could easily go in. On another night, you're saluting one of the great game management uh, performances, holding a nerve, understanding the importance of one all. So, yeah, I, I, I think you've got to be really fair here. We have, yeah. we have players in League One and Championship against this team. And like Stephen Kenny said after the game, to give ourselves the best chance of winning, we had to make it a game of few chances, which they did. And look, the margins were very small. And I think one of the criticisms of the performance is when it's seen in the context of all of the previous games under this manager is just like the margins are small, but Ireland are always on the wrong side of them. And ultimately, they're on the wrong side of them because Josh Cullen plays a bad pass. He plays it and Pavard is bang on it straight away. And obviously it's yet another bloody goal from outside the box. Like, I mean, it's an extraordinary, extraordinary run now. France had 11 efforts, uh, four on target. Ireland had 11 efforts, two on target. XG, not that XG is a, you know, we won't swear on the Bible here. But it was France 0.83 was their XG. Ireland was 0.46. So again, I... (laughs) 
like there was a possibility here France could have run riot and where would that leave uh, the Kenny era so what's what's the biggest criticism uh, you would make of, of Kenny in terms of getting this team to attack more would you like him to have said to Seamus Coleman take a chance um, no I, no I get that so I, I'm sort of I'm trying to be I'm trying to be balanced and say where Ireland Ireland ultimately lost the game so that has to be that has to be if you were playing that again tom- game again tomorrow you would like to say how do we not okay it's very answer? easy to say okay Cullen doesn't give away the ball yeah. but but France ultimately scored and you'd like to think they did control the game for long periods so how do we have a couple more attacks so the, as a coach the easiest thing to do in football is set up defensively now it's re- very difficult against the best one of the best teams in the world of course so the the hard part is and where the best managers make their, their money is coming up with solutions whether it's Pep putting Cancelo in midfield or Philip Lamb over the years or Klopp or whoever so um, it is about that balance in, in terms of Seamus Coleman as I said the odd time stepping out and putting the ball into the box and we score off a cross or um, it's it's about making more forward passes. I felt that we could have made more forward passes on the night. The best example is the Josh Cullen one into Evan Ferguson, but we didn't make enough forward passes. And because what France caught us out tactically and and the staff, I would imagine, because they came with a high press. Normally, it's it's what they call a mid block. But if you look at our goal kicks, they had three across the line off the edge of the box. And didn't let us out overly comfortably. And our distribution from the back wasn't great at times. It sort of being missed in the result. There was a lot of times where Zuno was kicking it to either full back and it was a 50-50 header as a restart. So we didn't we didn't get out overly easily. So I would say to, and to force France back when it comes into Cullen, he's got to take it on the on the back foot and then pick out uh, a knight in that sort of half position between they call that breaking the lines or into uh, Obenya again on the on, or into Ferguson who bounces off to someone so we didn't make enough forward passes but um, I'm, I'm sounding critical of the team I, as I said I was really happy and I was really unlucky performance but that's how the manager would probably look at that and say if we were to play that again again this weekend that's how we take our team to the next level yeah I'm not sure that this team has it in them just yet to make those forward passes. And mm-hmm. I think it would be naive on Kenny's part to ask too much of them. Um, I would agree on your point on the left-hand side. So it was very obvious what the Ogbeni plan was. Yeah. And it worked and it was very, very effective. It worked very well. Mm-hmm. I would say if there's a criticism, if, we, if we're setting up that way where it's very much Knight on one side and Ogbeni on the other and Ferguson as a lone striker, the Coleman-Ogbene dynamic worked. I would say I was a bit more confused as to what Doherty and Knight were trying to do. Knight does not have the physical attributes to do what Ogbene is doing. And I would think, given that setup, I mean, it, it's a lot to throw Mikey Johnson in and say, get on the ball and, and, and dribble yeah. and run at your man. Yeah. I think there's an argument you could say to James McLean instead of Knight, you do what Ogbene is doing. You have the athleticism to do that and we'll get more out of the left-hand side. Whether that's the answer or not, I would put it to you both and Gav, you can expand on your point. The left side offered very little bar. Doherty's really good run in the first half where he held off 
two players and, and you know that that, yeah. that that was just a moment and he reacted there, and he there wasn't That's enough there wasn't enough pace down the left hand side and no. look I thought I, I to be fair I thought Doherty did fine I thought he defended pretty well like again like Colomani will be sold for 100 million euro in the next 18 months like and, he's the, and the quality of his running behind a serious serious player you know and Griezmann was drifting over that side yeah. so it was a very difficult job defensively that Doherty did well and it's not necessarily his fault that he doesn't have the explosive pace to run down the line yeah. plus he's right footed so he's always going to check in but Ireland and like there were times that they played out and, and Knight did really well to drop off he'd pull Pavard toward him then pop around the corner and then if Ireland just went like if yeah. Doherty could go like if they had a doubt it, he's got pace he's left footed so he's just going to drive down the line then all of a sudden you're into space and you can draw well Canadi's going to come across so where's Ferguson like okay, the, get moving then yeah and then Benny's going to come in off the right wing it was, it was one exceptional Knight flick with the outside of his right foot I mean it was it yeah was, it was really, really good difficult and, and judge it to perfection and I thought oh, that was on 18 minutes and I thought okay a bit more of that and I can see Knight mm. releasing Doherty is how this works yeah. whereas the other side it was Coleman saying yeah you're not going to release me release yeah. me uh, Chidozzi yeah. I'm going to boot it up to you but I don't know that, that left hand side we, we can't well, well, sacrifice an entire le- wing yeah, of the pitch. Yeah, there's, there's two things to it. One is, if you remember in the first half when Ferguson went down the side and he crossed the ball into the box and there's no one there, that's Knight vacating a space to create space for Ferguson to run down the side. So where that, where that sort of system works is it's great when there's two up front because... There's someone to come in. There's someone mm-hmm. to come in. So Knight comes in and Ferguson goes in. And the other thing on and Knight... maybe the fault there is Ogbena, you should have been there. Well, Benya was on the other side, so effectively it was Ferguson's job to run that channel, but he was doing so much work dropping into midfield, you just couldn't no, do that. He was hanging out with Mbappe and Coleman. And, yeah. and the key the key to Knight and what he'd done is, probably the challenge, I think Knight is best coming onto a ball, so he's not that number 10, I'm saying breaking the lines, it, that's not his best position. So if you look at all the good things he's done, or you look at Jamie McGrath's performance away in Portugal, yeah. he'd done the same job, but... Jamie's better at receiving the ball with his back to goal or under pressure and Knight is a different type of player and it, 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 look hindsight's a wonderful thing it'd be wrong to be critical of I, I thought the manager tactically got a spot on mm. but remember Knight doesn't receive the ball well with back to goal and he played that position better if it was against a team where we were more dominant so he's coming on almost Frank Lampard style arriving in the box or arri- that's where he's at his best where McGrath's touch, honestly, mm-hmm. it, uh, it's exceptional. Exceptional under pressure. People don't realise how good it is. And I thought coming into the game, McGrath had a real shout of playing. And I'm surprised he didn't. But McGrath receiving that ball in there would have given us much more of a platform. But they're f- look, they're small margins. But that's the difference between them two type of players. And it's probably why I felt Knight was the one player in the whole system that probably didn't suit to our tactical no, setup. didn't think so. And just that lack, just last thing on, on, on this year, like that lack of pace on the left meant that Pavard didn't have to worry what was behind him. So like obviously Theo Hernandez wasn't going to push right up on Coleman, etc. Because he's terrified of Ogbené's pace over his shoulder. But uh, Pavard didn't have that worry. So he could push right up. There was one point in the first half where he won a, cor- won a throw-in that I think was an Irish throw-in, to be honest, off O'Shea, almost right up at the end line. And Pavard is actually the furthest forward, the, the French player that's furthest forward. And like this might be correlation rather than causation. But like Pavard is pressing high for that goal. You know, he's the one that's jumping in mm. and winning the ball on the edge of Ireland's box. Again, look, maybe those two things aren't linked. But Doherty and Knight 
they're gone on the counter. But again, and look, Pavard has the luxury of having Kanate uh, to cover that space behind him because he's really good at covering space out wide. You know, all of Trent Alexander-Arnold's worst games for Liverpool have come when Kanate has him in there. You know, he's yeah. really good at covering all that space. So Pavard might have left it anyway. But just think of at Ireland, a little bit more pace down that side, giving Pavard a little bit more to worry about going back the way. You know, again, maybe it's correlation and not causation, but maybe he's not quite as high for the goal. Yeah, and I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying the technical ability of McGrath mm. it, it, Jamie's not for overly quick but the technical ability may have been or pace it's one or the other but Knight was sort of caught in between yes. both and that's he probably was. the one area where we, we may have got it wrong or we, in hindsight Stephen may make a different decision in that position Yeah What did you make of the midfield too? Josh Cullen pass aside and Malumbi now fist pumping to the crowd, Jason Malumbi. <laughs> I think you get a certain quota of fist pumps to the crowd every game. I think maybe uh, Malumbi went over his maybe went over his well, quota. The, the one when he, he was uh, excellent when he won the foot race with Wani. When yeah. again, there's the threat of a counter attack and he gets the free just before half time. Yeah, that, that's a, it. Was a well timed fist pump. I thought brought the crowd nicely into. I, th- I thought he was really good. He, he was, was really good. He yeah. was really disciplined. He broke up play very well. He read it very well. He was snapping into balls even ahead of Mbappe. I remember the first half. There was one like a lot of Ireland's first half attacks were like line breaks in rugby. Like, and he made one of them where he jumped in ahead of Mbappe. Then off he went and somehow got pinged for a foul on, on Kamavinga as Kamavinga was making making the tackle. He read the ball. He read play really well. Again, sometimes maybe his passing was, was backwards, maybe a little bit too often. There's sometimes when the ball came into him and he could, you know, turn and move forward rather than turn and move back. But Does he have that in his locker? I don't know. Maybe, I, like, I mean, he's more in his locker than I thought he did. So maybe, maybe you'll be better, Judd, better place to talk about it. But I think maybe he can d- develop it. But Does he uh, have it in his locker I'm, against France under those I'm, stakes? I'm not sure I'm better, Judd. But what I will say is he, for me, Judd got man the match from an Irish perspective, rightly so. Yeah. He, for me, played like what you would typically associate with Ireland in terms of Right, we're playing against a top seed one nation and it was blood and guts and he was bloody impressive. I totally agree. And, and, and for me, I, I, that, I loved his performance. That's been missing from this team yeah. too much mm. for me yeah, in the yeah. last year. Actually, yeah. I, I understand the focus that Stephen Kenny has and I agree with it. And like on the whole, there were times I was watching the game and I loved the respect that Ireland had for the ball last yeah. night, even if they weren't necessarily picking France apart. But I would have felt the last couple of months, where is the Malumbi mm. performance? And and, and you're, you're seen as a dinosaur, if you mentioned, you know, as a coach, if you mentioned blood and guts and thunder and all of that stuff. You're seen as a bit of dinosaur and, um, you know, if you shout, squeeze and press and all that stuff. But then when, when someone like... Um, uh, Atletico Madrid coach his name's gone in my head um, Simeone does it oh it's brilliant no you, you, we are battling against somebody that's better than us and it needs that and I thought he uh, Nathan Collins had a, had a couple of moments where he was trying to get the crowd up and all that stuff but I thought Malumbi said a real tone for us in midfield against I thought like I was disappointed in France but I just if I took anything away from watching France their midfield three like Griezmann is just mm. like the pink hair aside, he is just—he's <laughs> just poultry in motion. And pink, by the way, the, pink the hair two of them tackle each other. Do you remember it? Yeah, that was just brilliant. He's brave. I love the pink. I mean, Griezmann's pulling that pink hair off. Oh, he is. Yeah, he I, I did see Paul Ron made a very good point that uh, Griezmann's hair is the same colour as Stephen Ireland's old Range Rover, and uh, no, no one is talking about Griezmann getting carried sure away with himself. But yeah, <laughs> there's a thesis in that, isn't there? Somewhere. <laughs> I think so, uh, yeah, so good. Like it's weird. I, I had the. Thought simultaneously, they're really going through the motions here. Jeez, they're so good though. 
Yeah. Do you, you're very down at France. I, I was quite impressed yeah. by, I didn't think they were as bad. No, I honestly I would compliment Ireland for a lot of a lot of what they did. Like, I mean, there was a load of French passes that kind of went out of play which was a little bit overcooked. There were. So I'm thinking, are France not at it? Or are Ireland just forcing them to be, to kind of try and play a perfect pass? Because there's one very small moment just before halftime. Uh, it's Rabio just inside of the left touchline, plays a ball in behind for Hernandez, who's on the overlap. But he can see that Ogbeni has matched Hernandez stride for stride. Yeah. Like Ogbeni was so good going back the way. He was. Uh, and so Rabio puts more on it just because he's to take Ogbeni out uh, and it way overcooks it over the end line. And Coleman then grabs Ogbeni and, and gives him, you know, well done. Pal, the counter argument that. to that is if the way that that pass is spot on, I still think he gets in. Yeah. And France were just off a little bit but they were still brilliant to watch. It's it's yeah. It, 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 like that midfield tree. Every so often, the carving is just stopping Carving's the ball. There you go. Player. Just and, oh. and he was. It's almost like people use the terms like real football terms. You know, he played in his slippers or he's Rolls Royce and all of these lazy comments. But it makes sense when you watch someone like carving live. Like he's just everything is controlled and you didn't feel he overly broke sweat in the game, and that's like. That's the thing about the French team. You'd love to see them. Af- you yeah. would. I, I would have loved to see them Friday night, as opposed to I what we've seen. Feel in the dressing room afterwards as they're taking off their boots and turning into each other and saying, "What you make of that?" I think they'll say, Ugh, yeah. "We were a bit shit, but it's fine." Yeah, ah, yeah. Maybe by their own standards. And look, it's you know they've played Friday and played Monday in Ireland, had the benefit of, of effectively a week off. I still thought. I st- obviously not everyone played well. Like Giroud kind of did nothing. Rabiot wasn't great. But obviously Mbappe was shackled really well. But I thought Colomani was very good. Camavinga was brilliant. Griezmann was brilliant. I thought Canati was good. Obviously Pavard was very good and got his goal. Hernandez had a bit of a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> um, mm. And obviously the goalkeeper goalkeeper made the difference in the end. I th- I thought France obviously not at their top level. But I wouldn't write it. I wouldn't be labouring the point that they that they were poor and as a result Ireland stuck with them. I think Ireland frustrated them. I'm simultaneously saying they were also like so full of quality mm. and I thought Ireland scrambled really well when they had to and you know the counter-attack was potentially on they nipped those in the bud so well and we were all obviously very worried about the counter-attack um, but, but yeah, Coleman well, on that so, um, I didn't think people have said I've, I've heard people say Coleman was brilliant and really good and I thought he grew into the game but his distribution at times was, was, was quite poor a lot of those balls where he tried to find Chidozzi but that aside his management of Mbappe was brilliant yeah, like yeah. where there was when Mbappe was receiving it back to goal yeah he went in after him particularly early but when uh, Mbappe had the ball on the half turn he stayed like sort of three yards away from him and said okay come on knock it past me and he did Mbappe's quick enough still to beat him but then Coleman used his body to get in front of him and then it, it, it was just brilliant from him in terms of his management of experienced of, of managing yeah, and, and yeah. the, a lot of people were talking about he needed experience for this game and to be fair to Coleman, he summed it up where there's times where you'd want him to be a little bit better on the ball, but he managed that really well. And in fairness, to go back to your point that they didn't play enough forward passes and he some of his distribution wasn't great in the first half, he did play one great pass in the second half with his left foot in behind yes. the defence. And Jason Knight, I don't know, maybe didn't think he was going to get there or maybe just ran out of energy. A French player should have intercepted it and surprisingly let it go and maybe then suddenly it opened yeah. up it was a really good idea like it was a really good pass I think that's why you know? Knight stopped running um, though he was like oh why didn't you just yeah. stick your foot in no he was excellent and just the like imagine how exhausting it is from a concentration point of view to be you, yeah. you have to watch Mbappe all day like I mean Kyle Walker got, did it in the World Cup quarter final and went over the halfway line once 
and go. I have to say, I thought the concentration was like palpable yeah. from the Irish team I, and and uh, didn't really waver. And, and that's what fear can do to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's take a very short break. There's more to talk about. I didn't touch on Evan Ferguson at all, for instance. So Vinny and Gavar staying with us back in just one second. Just the fact that they believe that he's the yeah, best coach 100%. is yeah. unbelievably powerful. Then if the fact that he is as well. Like, that's the buy-in that sometimes coaches, if there's any bit of doubt, they don't get that. Subscribe to the Football Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. This is News Talk. Now you're welcome back. So, uh, football show coverage brought to you by Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BD Sport and Premier Sports. We have Gavin Cooney and Vinnie Perth with us. Uh, headphones in for a second. Just if for a moment <laughs> you're wondering how the French are talking about this as we, like, uh, you know, torture ourselves over every granular detail about the left-hand side. Here is Frank LeBeouf, uh, World Cup winner. He's World Cup winner, isn't he? Mm, yes, he is, so. he is. If ever for a second you thought Frank has a healthy respect for himself and for top, top players and maybe not as much regard for uh, the smaller uh, types. Here is uh, Frank's analysis of the game last night, the crucial goal in particular and, and, and Francis set up. Just have a listen. Uh, and, but he tried, you know, Colomani wasn't at his best. Uh, Mbappe didn't seem to be good as well. It's only defensively what they did uh, pretty well. They were lucky to score the goal because of a bad pass from uh, from uh, some Irish guy. <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. He literally watched it for 90 minutes and probably oh saw several Irish replays guy. of the Bloody goal. Hell. This is what we're dealing with. We're, yeah. uh, we're, we're honestly, we're a dirty stain on the footprint of our... Ah, well, we've long been, dis- long been disrespected, Joe, as we've, uh, as we've all been only too happy to internalise. So uh, we can we can play Frank LaBeouf now before is it September <laughs> whenever we're going to yes. whenever we're going to France the revenge of Cullen uh, give us a word on Evan Ferguson before we look ahead to the remaining games in this group did Stephen Kenny say in the press conference he was a touch deep as the game mm. yeah he was uh, he was almost too honest and coming a little bit deep and maybe he was he struggled I, I thought he did a couple of good things Ferguson yeah. uh, he ran in behind early on and, and you know I th- I thought he struggled physically against Canada and Upamecano at times was quite isolated as well and then looked gassed when he was coming off so it was a it was it was a tough night for him and I thought Ida actually made more of an impact when he Didn't came he? off the bench like the Ida had a real presence and his run to uh, get up and get that ball on the left hand side and just have the composure to little pass inside to McLean mm. it's very promising like Ida's been out for 10 months and you think of Portugal away, that was a real coming of age night for him. There's still something there with Ida. What would you say about both, Vinny? Um, yeah, typical one. Um, speaking about Evan, because it's so, I suppose, close at home, me, me and his dad are probably best friends and I would have spent a lot of time with Evan as a kid growing up and would know him so well. F- felt difficult. I suppose if, if I'm being honest and defending him, saying he was so isolated, it was... Um, the lack of quality up to him. If you compare Evan to what he plays like in Brighton, he's got Matoma and Solly March going this way, and he does drop in. That is, his, yeah. what I said at the Latvia game um, with Richard Dunn and Sean St. Ledger either side of me, and the two things both of them have remarked on Evan's movement is sensational. Both of them have really stressed that was the big thing for them and how difficult it would be. And they're not too bad judges of, you know, of played at a decent level. I think he was unfortunate 
in that one he was isolated he did have a very good moment where he held off two players around the centre circle first half and, and gave it to Irish player one a free but any time he might have even had his foot on the ball Ogbené was too deep Knight wasn't making runs in behind so if he was to try and turn and get his head up and maybe play a forward pass there was no one to play a two so invariably mm. it was back into Cullen or Malumbi who went sideways and backwards and that's the conservatism that and But a lot about. of the good stuff he does for Brighton when he comes in is about a pass into his feet a quick pass and it can be from the dunk does a lot of time straight into him and it's runners from midfield yeah. but also remember you've got you go back to Kanate when he played against Liverpool I, I vividly remember him he came in to show for feet Kanati came in after him and it was Matoma who went and that's where Trent was, was criticised and it was a brilliant ball in behind mm. so he does all of these different things that is is brilliant on the eye but the other night he didn't have anyone beyond him yeah. so therefore it's, it's very easy Kanati came in after him a lot of the game and, and the two of them got into a battle so I felt for him a little bit in the game he'd done some really good things the, f- the first half he went down the side when Knight had left that space and he whips a decent ball in no one in the box but um, and and then again I'm defending Evan by saying this when when Ida came on I think the game had opened up a little bit as well but I thought Ida came on and was excellent and you'd love to know could the two of them ever play together Well, so to that point and your glass half empty, glass half full analogy. I think we'll remember this game in accordance with how the rest of the campaign goes. Mm-hmm. This will look like a very good first step and a, and a fairly decent effort against excellent opposition uh, and an understandable conservatism or this could play into we're not creating enough chances and we didn't all campaign. So let's look ahead. Ireland set up last night not to concede, to try and stay in the game. Stephen Kenny said that. I think we're all in agreement that that's a very fair way to set up. Now, against Greece, the crucial one, and even against Netherlands, if we feel they're not as scary as France, which they're not, Ireland are going to have to create more and get on the ball more and, and, and can't just have a rear guard action. So how confident are we in that situation? Away to Greece, I mean, not massively. I would like, does anyone, like, is there, is there, has the team done enough under Stephen Kenny so far to say we can be very confident in going there and winning? I don't think so. Mm. Like they've, they've not. The, the obvious parallel is Armenia last year. You know, there's a there's very specific challenges for Ireland in this game. The weather probably won't help. It will be warm, but it's six weeks after the end of the championship season. You know, like those those players will be rusty. And I know there's they'll do a camp in Bristol for a few days, and they're going to go to Cur- Turkey for ten days and have a bounce game behind closed doors, and, and then go to uh, then go to Greece. Well, the players will be rusty. So so that's a massive challenge. What I would say is like maybe Smallbone showed against Latvia that maybe he can add a little bit more penetration to Ireland against these sides that will sit off and, and invite Ireland to attack a little bit more. And if, do, you, do you think, say, as opposed to last night's setup, will we have a genuine partnership up front? Uh, I would say so, yeah. I, I, I'd i say the three-five-two that started against Latvia will probably be, look, lots can change between now and then, but that's probably how we will go, unless with, with kind of Ferguson and, say, Obafemi, or Ferguson and Ida, you wouldn't rule that out either. And with Smallbone, you know, roving in behind and linking well with Darty as we saw against Latvia, the wild card is maybe Mikey Johnston, can you get him in the team? Then maybe you bring him in, maybe instead of Smallbone, just judging this isn't the team that played Latvia. But like, you know, we walked out of the ground last night, I walked out with Malky Clerken and the first thing he said was, well, that doesn't matter if they don't go and beat Greece. You know, and I think that is partly what people feel. But at the same time, there's such different games. Like, I mean, Ireland can beat 
there's a lot of encouragement to take from that performance against France but at the same time is there enough to suggest you can now go away from home to a side who've only lost once at home in two years and it was a one they lost to Spain and go and beat them they have to the team has to prove they're but, capable but of that but that's where the glass half full mm. half empty is yeah. it's it's I, I, I'm not going to promise I won't say it again I've probably said it too much but it is on the context of the group where you see so many managers under pressure have a really good performance but it's lost if it's not backed up saying club football the following week or whatever so that's where we we, we probably feel like we're still searching for our best team because um, people like you know Mikey Johnson or Smallbone who, who I think the world of I think uh, I spoke to a scout recently from a premiership club and he thinks Smallbone is right on that sort of periphery where someone might, he is with Southampton, but he's on loan, where somebody might just come along and give him that. And he probably needs to improve on his explosive power in the, at the highest level. And he's someone who could go on to another level. He could play in a 10, but he's not our 10, our typical um, uh, Wes Hulin type 10, but he can play in that role where he can make a lot of runs. And we've seen against Latvia. And what sort of feels like, I don't think Stephen would admit to this, but it feels like we're probably still searching for that perfect team at the moment and we're probably not just there yet at the moment. And that's where, like, for example, I'll give you someone like Alan Brown isn't ahead of Seamus Coleman in any people's head. But if Alan Brown, who plays week in, week out at Preston, and Irish fans don't tend to watch a lot of championship football, plays a lot as a, as a wing-back, does goals in Alan Brown. And maybe we have to look sometimes and, and say... For this game, it's Alan Brown as a wing-back. If you remember, he got mm. a goal against Scotland and yeah. he's someone who you feel like uh, to see a goal threat. And we might have to make decisions like that where if we're going to stick to this system, which I'm not sure about against the lesser nations, then it's got to be Odell and say Alan Brown as wing-backs. And that's how you become yes. a, more of an attack-minded team. That's going against the grain a little bit yeah. in terms of people's thinking because on paper, Doherty and Coleman are ahead of them. That's where we've got to be a little bit cleverer now. Because you did make the point on AM that you expected in advance Ireland to do a good job against France yeah. and, and be solid and, and attentive and, and uh, full of work rate. And so it transpired, but you were adding in. Now they have to go and beat teams and create chances and not concede silly goals with a more, um, with a less conservative setup as well. You know, because that you feel like those silly goals are still lurking a touch when Ireland have to be more creative. Yeah, it's it's like the goal from distance. I think that's become a bit of a story. And the thing about it is, we know what happened. Josh Cullen makes a misplaced pass, and Pavard is brilliant at that strike from distance. So, it's it's just an isolation that just happens to be. But in two years' time or four years or hopefully six years' time when we're reviewing Stephen Kenny's tenure, there may be a chapter in that that's about conceding goals from distance because it is a bit of a team. Yeah. And you've got to... It, it is... And and not beating some of the lesser, lesser nations may become something that's another chapter. So we're at that crossroads in a lot of where we're going. And I obviously hope Stephen goes straight through that and takes this team to a major championship and they all inv involved with him but we are at that crossroads and it's difficult for me to say that but there is a couple of trends there where we've lost the lesser nations and we haven't put them away and and we've got to fix that and that's where this game in the summer is a crucial game I think Ireland got to win it um, different country but similar we went to Larnaca in Europe and it was mid-30s they played the game mid-afternoon 
and it's the only time in 10 years with Dundalk we've ever been really well beaten by anyone we were beaten 4-0 I think on the day and it's I've never experienced it but it's the first time I've went wow that's what real heat is in football because obviously from Ireland and all that stuff never really played in that heat I wasn't playing but the point I make is it's different and we're going to have to be so slow so problematic in terms of different things because it's going to be mid-30s and it's a really difficult game our next one and that's where the context of of the French game and then the next game is really crucial for Ireland in terms of how, how this campaign yeah. is proceeding. It's, it's so strange Joe like last night proved that Ireland will be able to compete with the Dutch in a one-off game what they have to prove is that there's something on, that, they, that they're able to have something on the line when that game comes around. Mm. And, and sorry for going on about it but you take all the old pros who get a bit of criticism or some of the old managers they would, all, they would say to you well we've always done well I mean we've gone to Russia and got a result we've beaten Italy they're the, in many ways they're the easy games it's when, when the, the money's on the table when you've got to beat teams around you otherwise you won't qualify and take the initiative yeah. and are you glass half full or glass empty on that question based on what we've seen thus far um, I, 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 like I, I'm still backing this man I, I fully believe in him I think he's the right man to lead us I think he's done a huge amount of heavy lifting with this team uh, I just hope and pray that I'm not looking at someone else taking this young players to a major championship. I hope I'm not, but they've got to win games and we're not winning enough games at the moment and I don't believe we're attacking enough. Like, it wasn't a bums off seats night last night, was it, that game? For, from, from It was exciting in terms of the tension, but we're probably not creating enough chances at the moment in, in our in our style of play. No, and my, my reservation, and you, you, you parked last night because last night is not the night where you're going to outplay France. My reservation of late, Gavin, you can give us your sense, is that too often increasingly of last year, I'm, I'm, I'm watching too many performances where the possession is very polite mm. and the opposition are standing there saying, away you go. It's it's not hurting enough. Yeah. And, and that is a, a trend which you would love to see eliminated ASAP and... Uh, how optimistic are you that Ireland will start hurting teams more often as, as well as keeping the ball and showing I think I'd be ball. hopeful like there's not a lot to ground it on and look caveat by saying that Latvia are not a good team like Ferguson is up there now like I mean his hold of play is good I mean Ireland haven't had someone up to whom they can give the ball and it will stick since probably David McGoldrick Ida does it um, on occasions but in terms of bringing other players into play and making everyone look better around him yeah. I think Ferguson has that talent that McGoldrick had and obviously Ferguson has a much higher ceiling in all other aspects of being a striker and definitely Smallbone I think I, think, I really think Smallbone added so much That's a, that's a good point I mean, it, 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 In defence Kenny you could say well he, he's been crying out for a replacement for McGoldrick somebody mm. you can fire a ball into and you can have people run behind and you can that's such an extra uh, yeah, piece of arsenal so but you need to turn around kid by uh, the summertime um, yeah. you know like it's funny even Evans Ferguson like on the cover of the programme last night I mean bloody hell you would really like if as a football nation we weren't as desperate for this guy to be ready to go and yeah, and, and take that mantle but it you know but we are <laughs> but, but the other thing about it was um, you take the Latvia game I think well, I don't know. I don't know the percentage, but a lot of people came just to see him as well. They got they got off their yeah, sofa yeah. and said, "I'm going. I want to see this kid." Mm-hmm. So it is exciting. The only thing I'll say is, I, I looked at the program last night and went, oh, "I didn't need to put him on the cover." No. But when you know him, um, 
like nothing phases this kid and I don't know whether it has phased him the build up to the game because only he'll be able to answer it I, I can't see inside his brain but the, go, the guy I know or the kid I know it, it for whatever reason nothing in life phased him yeah. so I think he was okay in that sense yeah. but but the, the other big thing and we won't go into loads of detail we're relying on a lot of players who are in and out of teams at the moment to have a lot of football over the next six months and there, there could be a springer throw a name in like we haven't had a number 10 since Wes Andy Moran at Brighton is in around the first team that kid is ready to do the business if 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 he gets the break at the club and if he got the break at the club it would be huge for us. so we're right on the we're right on the the periphery of doing something and and yeah it's 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 that little last push we need and mm. a couple of things to go away there is this nagging sense that next man in is going to inherit a side in a great place He's, in fairness, like Stephen Kenny has done, an, I, I think, an outstanding job in building a squad. So do I. Like, I mean, like there was, a, there's a whole generation of basically lost players there. You know, after say the the underage team that John Egan and Matt Doherty played in, they you now it took them three or four years to be capped after the end of at under twenty one level. We've, there's only really kind of Cullen and Ogbeni in and around that 25, 26 year old mm. mark, and then everyone else is, is so young. I mean, okay, the. Um, the FBI did make the point the Latvia team at an average age is something like 23 and a half which, which is very young so I think he's done a very good job in building up depth, depth and we can now have arguments about who should play here and yeah. there are options okay there's not a huge variance between the players but there are options there that weren't there beforehand so he's done a great job in building a squad uh, and like you say it would be you know it would be a kind of it would be quite sad if you're in 10-15 years time if you're looking back and saying well Stephen Kenny built a great squad and someone else yeah. benefited yeah. from it so like that back three I mean enjoy the next 12 years everyone because they're bloody good together yeah and then yeah. you've got Amma to step in like they're 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 really good and like Kenny always spoke with kind of puzzlement it's just like why did it take John Egan so long to get a cap why did it take Matt Doherty so long to get a cap you know so from from that point of view I, I think he's done a really great job and like Ogbeni was man of the match last night you know would any other Ireland manager have picked this guy like he knew him from the League of Ireland yeah. uh, and, and they worked with him and they targeted him like this is the role we see for you in our squad and it's, and it's worked really well I suppose people like Martin O'Neill would say Yes, we we have picked players like that before, but it w- it was a changing of the guard as well. So the timing was was suited for this change. In fairness, there was a lot of people coming towards the end of their career. Like w- we talk now about this great back three or four that we have, really great centre halves. But we have relied on, on Duffy up until recently, and probably still will be playing him only for his, his club form has, has fallen off a clip. So. Uh, it is inevitable young players come into international setup, particularly for a nation like for Ireland or Scotland or Wales, generally come true. But he has taken, he's probably given, Mizuna would have came into the Irish team over Randolph for argument's sake, but he probably sped that up by six months, meaning oh, that yeah. he's, instead of having five or six, ten caps now, he's getting closer to that 20 mark. And so there's been a huge amount of heavy lifting done. And genuine, I, I really hope he's the one that gets the fruition of it but as the old pros keep saying in their own way got to win matches got to win games of football and as much as last night it was tactically brilliant we're still on zero points no it's it's not the defining night of this campaign no. so that's where we are uh, we are pretty much out of time our football show coverage brought to you by Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports Gam Cooney damn you enjoy the Masters <laughs> 
I'll do my best. Uh, I can't even look at him. Uh, <laughs> just, he's actually gone to the Masters. He sure is. Oh, <laughs> sorry. All expenses. Pay. He's, sorry. He's working. Oh, right. Sorry. He's working. Yeah, apparently so. Yeah. Disgusting. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Vinny. Thank, thank you. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky. Watch every single live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. This is News Talk.